2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, Bobby, a big victory
3: for the Saints, making them 2-0 in the preseason. 22-17 uh, wasn't always pretty, especially, obviously, with the penalties. But let me hear your take, uh, your rant going on after this 22-17 well, Saints win.
4: I don't know. You look at the glass half full or half empty. Uh, I'd rather uh, win ugly than lose pretty, uh, you know, and... I guess you can look at it. It was totally unacceptable because uh, it's going to cost you games. Uh, you can't have anywhere near double-digit penalties. Uh, I mean, we have two games now, 23 penalties for 240 yards. I'm like, what? That, no, it's like you think, think that would be a misprint. Because I, I tell you, this goes way back in history. Even though they've changed the rules, you never want nine or more penalties or 100 yards Uh, because the bottom line, you're giving up a touchdown. So with 23 penalties, 240 yards, that's like giving up two touchdowns plus. So that definitely would come back to haunt you. Um, You know, it wasn't good against the Chiefs. Um, You know, we had nine penalties, 79 yards at nine. That's like giving up a touchdown. You know, we went, uh, this great English, you went from worse to worser. Uh, We know there's no such thing, but. Uh, 14 penalties, 141 yards. You almost have to try to get penalized, (laughs) to have that many penalties. I'm like, if I count realistically, because they did count, they were competing, they had referees out there. If you count Thursday, Friday in the game, I guarantee we must have had a dozen false start penalties, like a legal procedure. And, you know, you might say, oh, what's the judgment call? No, they have to call that, like – you know, what do they call holding or judgment-type penalty? Nah, you know, it depends on the crew uh, how they would call the game and how they just let you play or they throw the flag a lot. But when you jump it off sides, the legal procedure, or that, they, they got to call it. And I'm telling you, in three practices, that's way too many. Uh, we had like uh, nine uh, of those type penalties. Now, what's a great thing, because I think we are a creature of habits, Guess where we are in two games? We're plus four in the turnover margin. Uh, you know, I like that. We came into the game. We're, uh, what? Uh, we were plus three for the game. And, uh, you know, so we're training in the right direction. So hopefully that's the case. Uh, we keep training that way when uh, we're we'll going against the Texas next week. Because I had said this um, in the pregame. You know, what's the difference? Like, you look at the Chargers, they proceeded as the top AFC team, and they won 10 games. They were 10 and 7, and we were 7 and 10. I said, there's not much difference between us, I'm telling you. And what I meant by that is that the difference is when the season was all said and done, the Chargers were plus 5, and we were minus 11. So, therefore, yeah, you could see. Uh, uh, there's, uh, you just win that turnover battle, and then all of a sudden you're getting to double-digit wins instead of having a losing record and, um, and, and being out the playoffs. Now, looking at the Chargers a little bit of history, uh, a Chargers fan can't talk any smack to a Saints fan. I don't care if it's preseason or regular season. Do you know we've now won the last 10 games preseason or regular season against the Chargers? So, think about sample size. Okay, when we've played them and lined up, you might go with your friends. They live in San Diego or LA. We're going to go to see the Saints in Chargers. Well, the last 10 times they've played, uh, the Saints have won. We've now played them 11 times in the preseason, uh, and we're now 7 and 4. But well, we've won the last six exhibition games, six preseason games in a row. Uh, we've come out on top. And the reason why I came to 10 because. We've beat, we've whooped, or I should say we've beat the Chargers the last four matchups in the regular season. So that's where I came up. Uh, the last ten times we've played, and, and not a practice. I'm not talking about practice in a game, preseason or regular season. We're ten and zero. Well, I, I, I would take that. So, so no uh, Chargers fan can talk any smack. You, you know what they would say as far as uh, you know, you know playing the Saints because the Chargers fans they got to be humble because they've underachieved. A lot, but uh, this is kind of what we've done now in back-to-back games. Uh, Very good on third-down defense, uh, not so good third-down offense. No, I I would take this any day. We'd be amongst the leaders. The Chargers are only 3 of 15 on third-down. That is outstanding. Now, offensively, uh, that is not outstanding. That's not good. We were only 5 of 17, uh, 29%. Now, you know what's not good either? I don't care if we have Alvin Kamara or whoever we have at running back. Don't we have to make holes and block for Kamara or whoever we have at running back? I mean, that's back-to-back games. Uh, We're not even sniffing four yards a carry. We had 26 carries for uh, 61 yards, 2.3-yard average. Uh, That's not good football. Look at uh, Miller, uh, Condre Miller. Uh, You know, he, uh, Stevie, averaged 2.3 yards a carry. Now, he was very active. It was good to see him come back from his knee injury. He had 59 total yards. He had 36 yards receiving and 23 rushing yards. I thought at times uh, it was good and bad with Jameis uh, and Hayner. you know, the quarterback rating. It wasn't, uh, you know, we used to, as a Saints quarterback, as of late, having that 100-plus rating. Uh, but James was at 87, and uh, Hayner was basically at 85. So that was kind of a push. Uh, James made some tough throws, and they were able to come down uh, with catches. Now, what's really impressive is that yards average per uh, reception. Uh, boy, uh, listen, the third place guy on this list would be like first if we do this for a whole season. That being bound, he averaged eighteen and a half. Uh, Kirkland, LSU's own uh, Lutcher, nineteen point seven. How about Shaq Davis? I, I want to say South Carolina State's from the Miac. You know we always talk about the swag, the Miak, uh, the South Carolina State Bulldogs. He averaged 21 yards a catch, a big target, just a monster of a guy. He averaged 21 yards. Now Shtick, uh, the whole uh, North Dakota State quarterback, he had a quarterback uh, rating of 48. So overall, I think we are able uh, to handle him. Sacked him five times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sack, sack. No we two got, picks. We, we got it. You know, speaking of sacks, how about the game? That, uh, Lelos, I mean, uh, Lelos, Nico. I mean, Nico Lelos, uh, we know he's smart. He went to Dartmouth. He's from Akron, Ohio. Now, how did he not end up at Ohio state? Uh, I mean, he might've been a late bloomer, but he's at Dartmouth. Uh, he's the second year in the NFL. This is like, um, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White kind of numbers. He led the team in tackles with five. He had a sack he had three quarterback hurries. He had four tackles for loss. He had a pass defended. Steve, I hope we gave him a game ball. He, he, that that should be the number one game ball.
3: Oh yeah, definitely got the game ball for sure. Yeah,
4: just by putting up uh, those kind of numbers, I thought with Malcolm Roach was in there, he was very active. He had four uh, total tackles. You know, build upon his performance also was um, uh, was uh, you know we looked at the ones from last game. Uh, I, I thought Ryan Conley. Ryan Conley, uh, he ended up having uh, three total tackles. He had another sack, or I should say he got a sack, and he had a quarterback hurry and a tackle fall loss. So if you look at it now, he's had in the two games five unassisted tackles, seven total, and he's had a sack, quarterback hurry, uh, tackle fall loss. Uh, So so Ryan Conley uh, really being active on that end, and uh, he's fighting for a job. So so that'll be interesting What's going to come out with that. And, but we got to get more touchdowns instead of field goals. I'm glad that the kickers were accurate. You know, both Groupie and Will Lutz, who made five field goals, and uh, all the points count. Uh, we weren't quite as good in the return game like we were uh, last week against the Chiefs. Uh, Ugo Omari, uh, he had one punt return, like about an only average. Uh, he had a long gain of uh, 13, but he only averaged like 4.3 yards of punt return. Well, Ugo Amadi had one punt return for 17 yards. Uh, th- that's about as good as it gets. But um, th- the bottom line is that uh, the Saints came out on top. Um, the one who did not come out on top, I mean, I saw a couple of times on the back end uh, Isaiah Foskey. Uh, I mean, has, has he struggled or what? Uh, look. we hoping he works out. He ended up having uh, one assisted tackle. I think he didn't even have a stat last game against the Chiefs. So, uh, Foskey, uh, and, you know, you keep thinking. So, now uh, I'm looking and, you know, man, who's that 55? So, it becomes second nature. Man, he's getting whooped. Oh. There was
3: one play I thought I saw him get some good pressure on the quarterback. I'll give him that. One play.
4: Well, they didn't give him a quarterback hurry or quarterback pressure. I, I, I thought he got in there, but uh, not so fast, that <laughs> uh, they were able uh, to get away. But, uh, you know, we need him to step up, and he might be uh, definitely a red shirt uh, year, uh, number 55, Isaiah Fosky. Nothing uh, to write home about. How about uh, Brian Brzee uh, being right place, right time, coming up with that uh, foam recovery? He also had a pass defending. Uh, I I thought Zach Bond played a lot better against the Chiefs than he did uh, against the Chargers. Uh, Peyton Turner. I think Peyton Turner showed up. He had a sack, a couple of quarterback hurries, and he forced that fumble that Brzee was able uh, to recover. Uh, So it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, you break down the film uh, of everything. Um, I think we had the momentum from the get-go, the way the game was unfolded, because you couldn't get off to a better start Uh, we basically uh, forced, I think, kind of very similar to the Chiefs game. Even with Mahomes and, and, uh, you know, in that first quarter, forcing three and out, three and out, three and out. So that's what you got to capitalize to get the momentum offensively and score points. Now, um, in our first offensive position, we were able to 31, and Miller ended up getting uh, four yards. But then the next time, uh, we end up uh, going uh, three and out. So... It was a mixed bag, but overall, um, listen, Dennis Allen's going to say we have something has to uh, change, because if you keep getting penalties, that'll come back uh, to kill you. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, and and they only, I, I want to say they only had, um, but a couple of first downs at the end of the first quarter, and and I was thinking, but it didn't end up that way. How they were able to. Um, you know, convert and, and get uh, first downs, but, but overall, the um, it, it was I said this at halftime, at the seven-minute mark in the uh, second quarter to show how we kind of set the tone, and you want to get off to a fast start. You know, it might some games you might have to play catch up, but we've gotten off to a fast start. I would say now against the Chiefs and the Chargers, there was seven minutes left in the second quarter, and I, I was like, what? They're only going to call penalties on us. And uh, the Chargers finally got a penalty called on them. Uh, and what did, let me see. What did the Chargers end up having in total penalties? Uh, let me see right here. Yeah. They're like, that. that's kind of, uh, yeah, that's what we want the Saints to have. The Chargers had five penalties, 26 yards. You know, that that's what you that, – that, the coach can't say anything. That's totally acceptable. But like I said, they finally had a penalty with 7 minutes 11 in the second quarter. And that's when the Saints um, – had uh, more <laughs> penalty yards than the uh, Chargers had total yards gained and uh, almost like a, a quarter and a half. So uh, it just shows you we've gotten off to a fast start and we've been uh, oper- uh, uh, opportunistic as far as uh, that was at the, the same time frame when Peyton Turner forced the fumble Brazil, recovered it. Uh, that's number one draft picks making plays. And then we started off the game uh, being plus one. So uh, th- that's what has to continue. Now, I'm a little disappointed that um, we're not playing or practicing against the Texans. N- nothing to get to tell the fans or anything about. Uh, I love going to preseason games because I like to see the team and all that. And, you know, it, it is a game. But uh, I think to me, the way the game is changing, you're going to see more and more, and they want to have this is what we had on Thursday and Friday against San Diego, uh, than preseason games. I think eventually the NFL owners are something because more meaningful games and if you ask in, uh, basically the fans for full price, I think they'd rather see 18 games than two preseason. And even in those preseason games have like practices like we had against the Chargers doing that a couple of times every training camp. So I'm kind of disappointed. But my understanding, the, the Texans are dealing with injuries. And, and it's not getting any cooler. It's hot. And basically, to have two practices going on at the same time. you got to be outside. And we don't necessarily have that type of facility. You couldn't go do it at the Dome. You couldn't do it at the Saints indoor uh, facility. Now you could do it in, where the charges are because the weather's nice. So uh, that's why that didn't uh, kind of surprise me. You know, so oh, we're dealing with injuries and all that. And so we're just going to play the game. I think it still has that injuries, and it has something to do, I think, with the hot weather and trying to get the most out of their team before the season starts. Because both uh, the Saints and the Texans, I mean, they play inside. It's not like LSU getting ready to play Florida State. I don't know how hot it's going to be in Orlando. Uh, but you better be conditioned to play outside and, like, you know, playing in Tiger Stadium in September. You play outside. So you want to be acclimated more. But as far as. The Dome team, I think that's overrated. Oh, we got to be tough. We got to practice outside. No, you just want to be productive and grow as a team. And I just like the competition when you see players going against other top players. You know, like we were all, well, how much we were talking about uh, where Trevor Penning, how he was developing, who he was trying to block in the practice against the Chargers and all that. But again, it is what it is. So it's going to be next Sunday. I don't know if I've ever witnessed this, Steve. Um, Three? Have we ever played? Think about this. Usually, you know, look at the NFL. There's a preseason game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
3: Every Sunday, all we all
4: preseason games is like the regular season. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I don't know if I've ever uh, been a part of that, or it's been like it might be, or uh, games on a Friday or a Saturday. It's just uh,
3: foreseeing that we're going to end up playing on Super Bowl Sunday.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, that that might be a good omen uh, right there. We playing on Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, yep, yeah, uh, basically. Uh, the preseason is going to be over with by uh, at this time next week on that Sunday night when and we are play to the Texas. Then, yeah, and it's September 10th, hopefully everyone's healthy and we're ready to roll.
3: Bobby's Ram brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. F- Saints fans, time to hear from you on the point after. Give us a call on the Oakenheart Heart Jewelers talk and text line, 504-260-1870. Back with more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Getting into our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talk and text line right off the bat. We got John in Florida wanting to chime in on the point after. John, what you got for us?
4: Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? All right, John. What you got? Where are you at in Florida? You in the panhandle or what? No, it's at the show, and I'm in Pensacola Beach. Yeah, that's the panhandle. Yeah, what you yeah, got? The panhandle. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, Bobby. We, we're about halfway through this, and I just want to get your opinion on who do you feel right now is the number four and five receiver. I think we've seen a lot out of Perry and Kirkwood, but I just wanted to get your feel on it because I know it's it's still an open competition, my man. Yeah, uh, I would say, uh, and the reason why I said this earlier, and, man, I even seen him work out away from the team. I said, he don't look hurt to me, and he's growing Traquan Smith. Uh, but I saw him twice in one-on-one drills. Now it's an offensive drill. But he's the only receiver that I saw uh, two straight practices and one-on-one beat all our defensive backs, even Lattimore.
3: I was going to say even Lattimore, which yeah. is obviously the most impressive. And uh,
4: he was rolling, and I know he had a little pep in his step. They were inside. So I, I don't know what's up with uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, Brian Edwards, he needs to go back to the Raiders. Uh, we don't need him. Uh, no, I don't. I don't even needs a veteran. Number 11, Brian Edwards, no. Uh, Kawan Baker, South Alabama, at best. Uh, practice squad guy, I think uh, there's a lot of competition and they tend to go with the younger guy, but money's not really involved, like A.T. Perry and Keith Kirkwood. That'll be interesting to see. I think that's a continuing uh, competition there. Obviously, uh, like Lynn Bowden Jr. or Kirkland, what they would need to do is uh, take one punt to the house or something. You know, uh, have a, a Rashid Shahid dynamic type play. You know, like Rashid Shahid, the first two times he touched the ball last year, look at the Bengals, he runs the jet sweep, a touchdown. He goes against the Cardinals, he catches a bomb. Like, what? Hell, yeah. You, that, that'll catch your attention. So you got to have those kind of impactful type plays. The one that is intriguing is a big target, I think he's raw. He would be more uh, a practice squad guy. Shaq Daddy? Yeah, Shaq Davis. South, uh, South Carolina State. That, uh, no, that's a big dude. And there's a lot of upside then, so I can see where we can develop him and have him on the practice squad. Now, John, I don't know if that answered uh, your question. I don't know if they're keeping five or six receivers. Uh, but I, I would say there's a lot of stiff competition still. Now, uh, uh, I, I don't know how they, again, I don't know how they treating Traequan right now. But a lot of competition, I would say, uh, between A.T. Perry, Keith Kirkwood, and now even uh, Shaq Davis, Agreed. and you could throw in uh, Bowden and Kirkland, but they're more like multi-dimensional receivers, like special, special teams, teams yeah. and all that. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, I, I think for sure Michael Thomas has something left in the tank. I don't think he's the number one receiver. I think Chris Olave will be that number one receiver. He's getting he's gotten stronger. Uh, I think uh, Michael Thomas will definitely play a role. So you look at the top three, I would go with uh, Rashid Shaheed, uh, Michael Thomas, and Chris Alave uh, being that top dog. And, and okay, uh, A.T. Perry, he was targeted six times last week against the Chiefs, had six catches. Uh, okay, let, let me see what he did. To, yeah, he, he, he got targeted five times. No, no one caught any touchdowns, but he got targeted five times. He had three catches. He had a long gain of nine yards, so... He ended up with 22 yards total. So not like anything what he did last week uh, against the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, A.T. Perry just needs to keep building upon and have good practices. And what he got going for him also, you know what what he has going for him? And if he's getting better, training in the right way, they drafted him. They want to make the draft pick work out because then it makes it look like they know what they were doing. (laughs) No, you don't think – deep down you might say, oh, now Sean Payton might take the approach, oh, I don't care if you were drafted or a free agent. And in theory, they really don't care. You're like, okay, just go out there and compete, and the best man's going to win. But if they're going to have their key in too they don't want the draft pick always to beat out the free agent. I was going to say,
3: tie goes to the draft pick kind of thing. Yes,
4: because like okay, with the work they've put in and what they've invested, they want A.T. Perry to work out and he was a top receiver at Wake Forest. Just look at the numbers he put up there.
3: Want to hear from you on the point after? Give us a call on the Oakenheart Jewelers Talking Text Line 504 260 1870. Be back with more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Who at The Saints a 22-17 victory over the Chargers. Saints win, you win at McDonald's. We're going to get right to the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We got Paul in Shreveport on line one. How are you doing, Paul?
4: I'm doing good,
3: y'all. How y'all doing down
4: there? All right, Paul. Uh, it's a little hot, but uh, it's hot in Streetport. It's hot in North Louisiana. It's hot oh. in South Louisiana. Hot in Texas. Hot everywhere right now. But the Saints are hot. Crazy, we 2-0. and o. We 2-0. and o. <laughs> Super Bowl! Well, you know, there there ain't no record in preseason. That's,
3: that's
5: <laughs> Very that's true. I that is true. About. I, I, I talked to y'all last year during preseason. I said, any coach that tries to win a preseason game is crazy.
4: I mean his players are going to want to win. They they want to make right. Why not? Nah, but Well, but yeah, and you know what really- Paul, Paul hold your point there. You know why the players want to win in preseason? Cuz when you go in a locker room, you could fart around and you could jive and and goof off cuz you won. I'm telling even though it's a preseason game and you kind of grab ass in in the locker room after the game, though that's not a good sign. Cuz coaches they they look at everything. So that's why it's important to win a preseason game, especially. You know what? Then you coming back, you fly it all the way from Los Angeles <laughs> to New Orleans, so to feel good in the plane. Not that the preseason game matters,
3: but the bumps but, and bruises hurt a little less. Yes,
4: it, it, it's just the mindset uh, of that. Uh, the The game doesn't count, but you're still being evaluated. And uh, like I can tell you, what and and matter to Lelos, uh, the Nick Lelos. I mean, he had uh, Paul. I told I told Steve, this might be, um, I guarantee you one of the greatest preseason games ever as far as his production. This is like Lawrence Taylor numbers, what he was able to do in a preseason Lawrence game. Lawrence Taylor? Yes, Lawrence Taylor. When you talk about <laughs> he led the team in tackles, he had a sack, he had three quarterback curries, four tackles for a loss, a pass defended, I mean... Uh, it don't, it don't get better than that. I no, mean, there
3: was that series towards the end. I feel like it was like three, four plays in a row. It was all lay No, the,
4: the, the, Paul, the, the, that was the, uh, the Lawrence Taylor type or mm-hmm. Reggie White. Okay, he batted the pass down, and then he got back-to-back sacks. Well, I know Justin Herbert's not playing, <laughs> but all he could do is who he's playing against, and uh, that was outstanding. Now, go ahead, Paul. I just wanted to get that off my chest about the preseason game.
5: Well, I, I I like what I saw this week, especially with Kiko, like y'all say, and uh, last week too. I mean, it got to the, the game, and they were not going to go into overtime. <laughs> right, right, yeah, they yeah. Did. They went,
4: they weren't going to overtime. No, you even see how games are ending. Uh, uh, they're going to go for the win, or even if it's a tie, they don't want to play overtime. Uh, look, they, I think they've had uh, what two or three games seems like ending in ending in a tie, and they said okay. You know, we got a good practice in. It didn't matter if we won this, but we competed. And uh, what was that? The Eagles, Browns, and I think Atlanta, Cincinnati or something, Steve. Right. Uh, ended up in ties. Ended up in ties. So, no. Yeah, that, no it,
3: overtime will be played in preseason. Yeah, that's it, for sure. It,
4: in other words, it's not like if, if the game's 21 <laughs> to 20. They're not uh, kicking an extra point and, and they're going for overtime. It'd be like, um, no, they're going to go for the win, and either yeah, you, exactly. you win or you lose the game on a two point play.
3: Coming back with more on the point after here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Give us a call. Oakwood Hart Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. Waiting for you on the point after on WWL Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Usually we hear from Saints quarterback Derek Carr after a game, but in this case he didn't see any action, so it was Jameis Winston taking the podium. Jameis Winston's interview brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Here's Jameis Winston.
6: Jameis, how would you describe what the last couple of days have been, like, unusual weather for us, the earthquake today, just a lot of unusual
7: circumstances the past couple of days.
6: uh, my, My main concern is making sure that everyone's safe. Uh, I know we did a good job with our, uh, our travel group, Derek Stamos and, um, and Evan Myers and Young Grant making sure that all of our, we had all our P's and Q's um, in terms of the game, so uh, I'm just happy that no one uh, got injured. James, how
7: would you feel about the first half execution? scene like you guys were able to move the ball pretty well, got a touchdown, got a couple field goals.
6: Uh, we're, we're getting better every single day, uh, and as we go out there and um, look at this fam, uh, we're, I'm pretty sure we're going to find something that, that we can uh, execute better on. But uh, we are getting better every single day, and, uh, and I'm happy that we got this win.
8: The throw to uh, Kendra, the wheel route there, Just, can you kind of walk us through that play? Those, he fully extended, makes the catch. is a great throw by you. Yeah, young,
6: young Buck is, is, is showing up You know, in L.A. Uh, he, he's had an incredible camp. I'm happy for him uh, to bounce back and uh, make an incredible play. What did you see from Shaq in this one? Because he seemed to have a pretty good day, day. Yeah, Shaq is, is playing really good, man. I saw strong hands, confidence, uh, getting in and out of the huddle. Uh, it, it, it's, it's so beautiful to see when these young guys get a grasp of the offense. They're able to play fast and, uh, and execute.
4: Did you guys feel like you got a lot out of this week, the joint practices and obviously the game as well? Did you guys feel like you got a lot out of this week?
6: Well, this week was, uh, was amazing. It's, it's always great to compete against another opponent. You know, we've been uh, competing against each other for three weeks now. Uh, So I think we had a a great opportunity against a great defense, uh, a great team uh, to compete, and uh, everything went well.
3: The Saints quarterback post-game interview brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive, under one hood. Coming back with more on the point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this break. Saints improved to 2-0 in the preseason, beating the L.A. Chargers 22-17. to But, Bobby, what's bugging you about tonight's game? Brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company.
4: Well, uh, last week it was – remember we had those third and forevers, like three straight third and forevers? That was bugging me. Well, we had uh, one third. what was that? Uh, the 23 – what was that? It was like unbelievable. Fourth and 20-something? Yeah, the 23. was like, what? Yeah, come on. You I man.
3: was looking down, writing things down, and you're like, yeah. oh, you missed it. I, and and completion.
4: Side, yeah, and then Dennis Allen. Said, yeah, there's no way you could give up that. But that's not bugging me. Penalties are still <laughs> bugging me. And uh, I'm going to read this text because there is some truth to this. But you have to understand that the whole team concept, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. This is from 7459. Um, the penalties were committed by players who won't make the 53-man roster. That's a good point. I'm not that concerned. We'll clean it up. But the point is, I'm telling you, like the legal procedures, false starts, that wasn't just the guys that are not going to make the team when we were practicing on uh, Thursday and Friday. When we had like a handful of penalties, that was sometimes, um, not all of them now, but that was the ones also. So they all were contributing. And you want to be a disciplined team all the way around. And very similar, and I think it's tied together. You know, when you look at um, like penalties, uh, you look at turnover margin, and that's a positive, uh, like us being plus four. Because uh, I think we are a creature of habits again. If you're undisciplined, I think, oh, you're just going to snap your finger and that's not going to happen. No, you might say, well, it does matter what player's in there. Uh, but it, it has to be, and Dennis Allen, and he'll tell all in the position meeting rooms, to tell all the players, no, um, I'm not putting you in there if this is going to continue. You know, we'll go in a different direction. Because uh, even if you have guys that aren't going to be on the team, you still should not have uh, 23 penalties with 240 yards in two games. No. uh, Okay, like, for instance, you look at the guys that were playing uh, for the Chargers. A lot of those guys aren't going to make the team, and they had five penalties for 26 yards. So I'm telling you, it's a mindset, and you are a creature of habits. Whether it's like uh, all of that. That's all a form of discipline, and Dennis Allen knows that, and he's the one that's going to be held accountable because he's the head man. So Penalties. Uh, protecting the football, taking it away, that all goes hand in hand. So that's what's bugging me. So I, I, I would say right now when we play the Texans next Sunday, so basically a, a week from now, can we maybe have like with the Chargers had maybe like five penalties for 30 yards or something like that instead of somewhere close to nine or hitting that century mark, getting 100 yards? So that would be trending in the right direction, heading into the September 10th game against the uh, Titans. And then it wouldn't be bugging me, so. Because that 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 will cause you to win or lose. I'm telling you that that'll come back to bite you.
3: Bobby just got this from Brian Duvall, Saints radio statistician. 14 penalties for 141 yards, most for Saints in a preseason game since Week Three, 2019 of the preseason at the New York Jets. Saints had 16 penalties for 142 yards in that game, and they ended up winning 28-13. Well, a true
4: a true Huda fan would probably say. That proves it right there, Bobby. The, the roughs are cheating. They hate the Houdat Nation. That they hate the Saints. We know L.A. doesn't like the Saints. Uh, was that the same officials <laughs> against the, uh, that we had tonight against Chargers that was doing the Rams game? Sure looks like it. I mean L.A. L.A. This not not Louisiana, uh, Los Angeles. Just you know, just giving us the raw end of the stick there. That ain't cool.
3: Let us hear from you on the Oakenheart Jewelers Talking Text Line, who that's 504-260-1870. We'll be back with the more point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the
1: perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? I want to give a big thanks to the good folks at Magazine Pizza for feeding our Saints crew. Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine, Dine-In or Delivery, the best gourmet pizza selection in town. Magazine Pizza also has pastas, sandwiches, wings, and salads. Go check them out, magazinepizza.com. Cajun Cannon looking at this game, 22-17, Saints victory. Now 2-0 in the preseason. Uh, Brian DeVolfe, Saints Radio Network statistician, also telling me, This team has never, in franchise history, gone undefeated in preseason football.
4: Yeah, so it might go three and (laughs) zero. History Uh, in the making. You know, I remember late '80s, early '90s. We we, it seems like we were always like two and two or three and one. Uh, You know, kind of like you win one, you lose one, and uh, again, now you never admit this to the team, but like the main guys you were counting on, like let's say we'd have lost to the Chiefs game. I'll tell you, the main guys we're counting on, if we started the game uh, like we did against the Chiefs and, and controlled it the first quarter, quarter and a half, we were winning, eh, if we don't win, then you're not, you know. It, it would have been more like uh, guys you are counting on, and especially I'm saying that first game because a lot of guys you're familiar with, not so much tonight, like Justin Herbert's not even dressed out, Derek Carr's not even dressed out. Talk about when guys who are dressed out and you know you're going to be playing during the regular season – no, you, you wanted to win that battle. And so that's where, uh, um, and I'll end up losing the game in the second half, but it doesn't matter. We set the tone in that first half. And so that's what we're going to have to do in the regular season. So that's why even when we won like 11 games, uh, 12 games twice, uh, double digits, 10 games and all that, um, we didn't go necessarily undefeated in the preseason. You know, I want to say, if I can recall, I think this is right. Charlie can check me on this. I want, to say, I want to say, when the Lions lost every game in the regular season, they were 4 no in preseason. <laughs> I think the Detroit Lions actually accomplished that. I don't know why that came to my head, but I think they were 4 no in preseason, <laughs> and they were 0-16 in the regular season. So that's why it's a mirage, you know, uh, because how you finish games, that's when it counts. But uh, I thought this was interesting, this text right here. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go in this direction, and I think uh, he showed a lot of composure. This is from... 0726. Uh, the offense seemed to run smooth under Jake Hainer. Do you think uh, Dennis Allen might give Jake a shot at starting the last preseason game? Oh, I'm glad
3: you read that. This is the direction I wanted to go with you, too, talking about Jake Hainer's performance. What did yeah. you think today compared to uh, week one?
4: No, it was a lot better. Uh, a lot better, a lot uh, poised, but I think it's going to be the same song and dance. I might be wrong. I think they're going to do basically the same thing what they did against uh, the Chargers against the Texans.
3: Give Jameis the first half. Yeah, uh, let uh, Hainer come in the second. Uh,
4: kind of, I think, very similar. That uh, and it's done they do well that they really like Jameis Winston. He's the future over Jake Hainer. No, it's just where you at right now with the team, and what they want to look at. So I I think you basically. Um, so, you basically, 0726, you basically to see against the Texans what you saw tonight. That's my opinion.
3: Want to hear from you on the Oakland Hard Jewelers Talking Text Line, 504 260 1870. We'll be coming back with more of the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Speaking of that Oakland Hard Jewelers Talking Text Line, Bobby, it is fire right now on the point after here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Uh, Let's close 10 seconds first for stations to identify themselves on the Saints radio network. All right, Bobby, we are back. Which one do you want to get to first here?
4: Yeah, this is uh, 8367. This is Dennis, and he says, I'm from Franklinton. Not to be a negative Nancy, look, I want Dennis Allen to succeed. His name is awesome, obviously. Fellow Dennis. Dennis, yes. a A fellowship with Dennis, so... He says, but the penalties reflect poor coaching, especially since all levels of the team are committing them. Then he has correct uh, question mark. Uh, I would say yes, because at times we witness um, that happening even with the first unit. I was going to say
3: also in the joint practices, not even just the game
4: settings. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The joint practices, and um, and even when they haven't had officials at practice, you can see when – somebody uh, jumps offside and it's like, you know, I don't know if Dennis Allen needs to, uh, or uh, Doug Marone needs to sometimes yell at the offensive lineman. What, you don't know the snap count? Uh, you know, are you just guessing what the snap count is? No, that, that's totally unacceptable. You can't have that. Uh, because, again, it's hard enough to make a first down and have sustained drives. And then all of a sudden you have a good play that doesn't count. Or now it's uh, first and 15. Or you might have had a good first down play and let's say, uh, boy, now, uh, boy, that was a nice first down play and now it's second and four. And you jump off sides or illegal procedure. So now it's second and nine. No, you shoot yourselves in the foot and then it's hard uh, to have sustained drives it will come back to bite you if that does not change. And then it the sounds gonna get the team's attention and not gonna use an excuse about, um, even though it's not the main household names that we're counting on, uh, that no, that that's, I don't care if it's high school, college, professional ball, uh, you, you can't have double digit penalties or, or near 100 yards because that will come back to bite you.
3: Looking at the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line two, Bobby. Uh- here talking about tight end Lucas Kroll having one good catch, but he dropped two that he should have had. That was one thing I wanted to talk about, too. He did, you know, make a few grabs in this game, three for 30 yards, but he had eight targets, uh, and there were some situations where the big man should have came down with it and just didn't.
4: Yeah, he had a chance one time. uh, I think the ball got tipped, but it still ended up hitting him in the chest. You know, a deflection, make the great catch. Yeah. He had eight targets, three catches. That should have been about uh, eight targets, six catches. And then he would have had uh, more an outstanding game and would have led the team in receptions. I still think, because of the depth of tight end, that Lucas Kroll, now some team might snatch him up. I still think he's a a practice squad type tight end still. Now, uh, with Kenny Pickett, since he had great success with him at University of Pittsburgh, would he all of a sudden say, man, uh, I don't even know the Steelers' situation at tight end. But I know relationships between quarterbacks, receivers, uh, tight ends, whatever. If he would, uh, the Steelers organization would say, well, the Saints put him on the practice squad. Let's pick him up and make him active on our roster. But I I just don't see, looking at the competition at tight end, that, okay, uh, so if you're going to go with, and you know, I think he'd play, and I don't think he's going to make the team like Jesse James. He's better than Nick Vanette, who we had last year. But, like, okay, if you're looking at Jawan Johnson, uh, Taysom Hill, Jimmy Graham, Foster Morrow.
3: We do have questions about Jimmy Graham's health now, though. We'll have to see what happens.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, that, we have to do more investigation into that. For and, sure. And see uh, what in the hell happened, because that's crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that he's okay now. Hopefully, you know, they'll investigate more when he comes back to New Orleans. But, uh, like, they have a, a – a, a, a tough tight end room, a lot of uh, like JP Holtz. I, I still think I think all the tight ends we have on the it's a roster, solid group for sure. Right place, right time. They all could play in the NFL. You know, you get on the right team, and that being uh, JP Holtz, uh, Lucas Kroll, or uh, Jesse James.
3: We'll be back with more. The point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this break. <laughs> back here on the Oak and Heart Jewelers. Uh, Talking text line, looking at a 32 Bobby saying, the ingredients of the gumbo have changed, but the roux remains the same. Still not sold on Dennis Allen. That comes from old man yeah. Sam.
4: No, that, listen, we got to wait and see. Ain't nothing changing, old man Sam. Uh, now, 2024 could be different depending what happens this season. You know, uh, we're in a production business. Uh, And what I mean by that, you got to win. If Dennis Allen wins, he's going to be around. If he doesn't win and we don't go to the postseason, three straight seasons. uh, No, look, right now coaches get fired in the NFL. Uh, Just look at the Broncos, how Sean Payton came on board, not even one season. Uh, The Cardinals. You have situations where if it falls apart, coaches don't even last a year. There's no such thing as the five, four-year plan. Oh, you know them days are long over. You got to win now and everybody can't win, but everybody's expected to win. The same thing, uh, you look at a plan. I can't think of his name now, the head coach with the uh, Chargers. Brandon uh, right Staley. Okay. You don't think he has to win? I, I
3: didn't think he was coming back this season, exactly. honestly. Exactly.
4: We thought maybe Sean was going to go there. Yep. Uh, but that Spaniels, they're cheap. They wanted to give him one more chance. But even we had um, money. Uh, on the pregame uh, show. Blake Money Smith. Yeah, yeah we had him on, on the pregame. Matt Money Smith, sorry. Matt, Matt yeah, Matt, Matt Money Smith. Uh, voice oh, of the Chargers. Voice of the Chargers. And, no, they're – okay, look at the Chargers. Now, we're not saying this here in New Orleans. We're kind of saying where we're at kind of like playoffs or buzz, right? Well, the the Charger fans that are loyal, right, there that are, did they say Super Bowl or buzz, because they got the quarterback, they got the roster – and I said that no one has underachieved more than the charges, And so there's a lot of pressure on a lot of teams. I guess every year, what does that happen? At least uh, I, I can check on this. Charlie can do some homework on this too. I'm telling you, at least six coaches get fired. They change every year. Every year, Sometimes it's as many as eight. So every year, look, six, seven, eight coaches, and NFL teams have new head coaches. So So Dennis Allen knows that he has to win. Our changes will be made, old man Sam. Now, you could say uh, that you're not sold on them. A lot of people are not sold on them. That's why you got to go out there and win. That's why you play the game.
3: Stepping away from the point after, going to be coming right back here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Welcome back into the point after Saints, a 22 17 win winna over the LA Chargers out at SoFi Stadium. The Saints improving to 2 0 in the preseason. Uh, we found out, though, Bobby, that in the past, teams that went undefeated in the preseason haven't had the best of luck in the regular season. Of note, with the Detroit Lions and uh, what was it, the Cleveland Browns as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: Detroit, uh, Charlie has it. Uh, 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 that it was the Detroit Lions and Cleveland Browns went four and on the preseason, and then they went zero sixteen.
3: So we got to throw this game coming up next Sunday against the now, Texans.
4: Now to show you <laughs> that uh, you can watch this tomorrow night. Will they win twenty five in a row? The Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh. Now, now they've had good teams. Now you, you can't poo poo the Ravens. Right, they've never gone zero
3: and whatever in a season.
4: No, no, Steve, exactly. No, they're always relevant. Uh, they won their first preseason game. They're playing tomorrow night against uh, the Washington Commanders. So if they win, it'll be 25 and straight preseason games. But it seems like John Harbaugh has always made that a priority. I know if we played the Ravens in the preseason, we haven't won. Right. You know, it's a, and you know what the Ravens have done? They've always had good rosters. It seems I was say, like the depth on their no, roster no, is definitely their solid. Their backups are always better than your backups. <laughs> and they always seem bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, stuff, and, and and disruptive and making plays and all that. Well, even in the regular season last year, and we played the Ravens on Monday night. I had thought, Man, uh they look they like manhandled us. They look way tougher than us. And then Lamar Jackson. Uh, how he was running around, he, we were like the JV defense, and I, you know how much I love our defense, uh, but I didn't love him so much against Lamar Jackson. Uh, that, that's why I, I said I was so glad uh, that Atlanta didn't invest and bring him into uh, the Falcons, and they go with Desmond Ritter because uh, I was there with those Michael Vick days, and I know where Lamar's at right now. But uh, that's my—I don't know if you'd call it a surprise team, but that's one of my uh, teams. That, you know, you always want to give Joe Burrow and the Bengals, uh, even Justin Herbert, you know, in the Chargers. And everyone
3: and, last and, year, and, to me, everybody was riding the, the Buffalo Bills. Bills, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. You know, Josh Allen and all that. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think the Ravens, now I might be wrong, but I'd be surprised if, if uh, I'd be interested to see. I have to look at the Vegas odds, what they have them about representing the AFC in the Super Bowl.
1: We're
3: going to take a break here on The Point After. Coming back with more, though, on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right after this. Welcome back into The Point After on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Our sideline reporter, Jeff Nowak, just caught up with linebacker Jalen Smith in the locker room. And here's what uh, Jalen had to say after his first game against the Chargers.
6: How
8: did you think today was? Man, today, any time you get a chance to win, um, it's it's a blessing. It's so hard to win in this National Football League. Preseason or regular season, it don't matter. So we appreciate it. We know we got a lot of things that we can improve on. Um, But, you know, we're off to a great start. We just got to keep getting better. You know, the, the mark of greatness is consistency. So that's what we're striving to be consistent
6: and reach the goals you set for yourself? Yeah, anytime
8: I step on the field, you know, I want to make something happen. Um, you know, and, and being a team guy, anything that I can do to help the team win, thats that's what I'm about. So, I'm just so thankful that, you know, everyone has welcomed me here. Um, it's just a blessing. It really is. Yeah, I think this, this linebacker room is interesting because you have Demario and then you have, but you have a lot of young
6: guys, Demarco and Nephi. What has been kind of your impression of that group so far? As, you know,
8: we got all ballers in the uh, in the linebacker room, and that's what I love. And, and we all have a, 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 a eagerness to learn and to get better. You know, from from top to bottom. So, um, like I said, I'm just thankful that you know these guys have welcomed me in the right way. and it's just a blessing to be a part of some, you know, some a band of brothers, you know?
3: That was Saints linebacker Jalen Smith after the Saints' 22-17 victory right. over the Chargers.
4: Well, he got it. When he came into the game, the great start that he had, okay, look at the first time they went 3 out. Definitely up. a difference you Remember, maker. it was third and six. Jalen Smith, I wrote, nice tackle, five-yard gain. Bam. So I got him down, so they got a punt. The next scenario uh, that they were in there, it might have been maybe, um, maybe. Let me see. It might have been the third time. That was the first series and the third series. Again, uh, very makeable. Third down was third and five, and uh, Jalen Smith. Nice pass defense. He understood the route concept. Pass defended. Three and out. So two impactful plays. Who are we counting on? He's like the modern day version with the Hootan Nation with the Saints, like Kawan Alexander. I'm not saying he's taking over Pete Warner, and Demario Davis, but that no Zach Bond there ain't no way Zach Bond's beating out Jalen Smith, and there are none of those other cats. That Jalen Smith's a pro, a veteran, and he brings stability. And just based on those down and distance situations and getting an offense off the field, mm, boy, I, I like it. He just got here, so he's just learning. Uh, basically now he's a pro. But he's been there, what, a couple of weeks? And he's making those kind of plays. So, uh, Jalen Smith, nice open field tackle to force a punt and nice pass defended to force a punt.
3: Back with more on the point after. After this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Coming back with a little Eric Clapton inspired by Diamond in the Rough performance of the game. Presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Bobby, who's your Diamond in the Rough?
4: Lay-less. Uh yeah. That, uh, Eric Clapton needs to write this song and just Nico. put his name. Nico, uh, <laughs> Nico, Layla's. Nico, uh, Layla's. Boy, definitely looks the part. Six foot five, two hundred seventy pounds. You know, his second year going to the NFL from uh, Dartmouth. You know, if, if, so you know he knows all his plays. I mean, that's Ivy League school. He went to high school, you know, the same high
3: school as LeBron James. Hello.
4: Yeah, that's what Steve Gallows tell me. Same high school as LeBron James. He must have been a late bloomer because I'm thinking uh, I want to say Dartmouth. Uh, I think it's in New Hampshire, if I got that right. Right. Uh, but he's from Macron, Ohio. And uh, why didn't you know? You know, Ohio University, Ohio State University, of Cincinnati. But I don't know. He might be an intellect. Like he probably is. If you go to Dartmouth. Uh, but, you know, that means when you go to those Ivy League schools, you, you know they don't give uh, a, uh, athletic scholarships. T-Bob had a, uh, one of his teammates, a great Atlanta Christian, went and played for Harvard and was wanting their, like, leading tacklers. We never could play in the NFL. we were just a little guy. But, man, talk about can run sideline to sideline and make tackles. But uh, he basically went up there. highly successful. It's a shame I can't remember his name now. Uh, but – just a tackling machine, and he goes to Harvard. Uh, but he never got a, um, you know, football acad- athletic scholarship. Uh, you maybe get aid and stuff. But uh, but anyway, it, that's where uh, Nico Lealas goes uh, to Dartmouth, And the game he had is kind of what you dream of. Just by him doing this in a Saints uniform and his uh, limited snaps, all NFL teams, they say everything that you do. And it's, like I said, going into his second year. He probably added about two years for sure to his career. Now you have to look at who you're beating, who you're going against. But to lead the team in tackles with five, to lead the team along with Malcolm Roach with the most unassisted tackles at four, to come up with three sacks. Who had three sacks in one game? I can tell you right now. He is Brian Young is the pass rush specialist coach for the Saints. You know who Brian Young is? From UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso. Sean Payton's first game against the Cleveland Browns in a real game at Cleveland, he had three sacks in one game. Now, he never did that again, but he had three sacks in one game. Sean Payton and Drew Brees' first game in a Saints uniform, Brian Young had three sacks. So I know he has to be proud. He'll probably tell that story to Layla. So, uh, Nico Nick Layla's. Uh, Nico Lailas, and three sacks that he had, three quarterback hurries, that's potentially almost like five or six sacks. That means you're getting to the quarterback and you're rushing him, and then four tackles for a loss? (laughs) That's kind of something like Brian Breezy, you know, like uh, the, the, the number one draft pick. You know, you're getting penetration. You know how we love penetration from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, You you know, you don't want to take the penetration. You want to give it. Definitely want to give the penetration. Yeah, you want to get after the opposing (laughs) quarterback. And uh, by looking at Breezy, uh, uh, he had uh, pass defending and one form recovery. No, we need to have him more tackles for a loss uh, from him. But lay loss, uh, those numbers didn't even throw in there. That pass defending he had, that's when he was on a roll, three straight plays. Steve, I don't know if you can see. It's the biggest diamond in the rough that we've ever had that's not a household name, but you want to give him a game ball plus. Right. Three straight plays. This is not happening in National Football League. It might happen in high school and Little League or something. Three straight plays. He bats a ball down, pass defended, and then he gets second down. He gets a sack. Third down, he gets a sack. <sighs> what? No, that that just doesn't happen. That's kind of like. When you look at the best of the best, that's why I was kind of jokingly said early, that's like some Lawrence Taylor or uh, or Reggie White would do, uh, that they would be so dominant that they can't be stopped. Well, Nico Lelos, not from the SEC, not from the Big Ten, but from the Ivy Ivy League, from Dartmouth, Nico Lelos are just kicking butt.
3: An interesting tidbit with Lelos, too. Earned a Taekwondo black belt at the age of 10 years old, Bobby.
4: So he's a 10-year-old black belt. So maybe that comes into play when he's uh, getting after the opposing quarterback and, and beating his man at the line of scrimmage and you're doing stunts. You know, we always talk about hand placement, footwork and all that, and power, speed to power, power to speed and all that kind of stuff. So, how, see, that's young, and he was already a black belt. He wasn't training. Very like, impressive, right? How, how old was he? Like 10 11? 10
3: years old, and achieved black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, I mean, he'd kick a lot of people <laughs>
4: behind, uh, you know? And the thing is, and he's not a little man. So, if he has that kind of skill set, and you're looking six foot five, 270, no, he's a badass.
3: And you look to also the uh, Dartmouth MVP at the Hula Bowl after he notched two sacks and a forced fumble. So this is a uh, a trend we like to see, you know, continue. He's a playmaker. The
4: He's a playmaker. Um, that, that, that guy's definitely on the uh, Saints practice squad. But then I think someone could snatch him up. Uh, and I, I don't know if you figure it out in a rotation. So what if he would? That puts a lot of pressure on the Saints because we've taken notes mm. on him in practice being disruptive. Where we haven't necessarily taken notes has been more negative and positive of Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, right? You know when you take notes, okay? Oh, who's that guy? You know, like I mean, I, I didn't even know who that is. Then you looking up, um, oh who? Oh, that's 54, and then uh, Nico, Then all of a sudden you recognize and you go like, oh, 55. Oh, that's,
1: oh yeah, that's well, Isaiah where's Foskey. he been?
4: Yeah, it was like out of sight, out of mind. Uh, like uh, a, a couple of times, I think Isaiah Foskey was uh, flat footed, and uh, I mean is there a quarterback, uh, uh, what was his name again? I can't think, uh, from uh, North Dakota State. Uh, um, oh, the – Yeah, the quarterback tonight with, with, with the Chargers. Uh, yeah, uh, Easton Stick. No, 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 Stick, Stick. The Stick oh, okay. man. Uh, I, I saw a couple of times Stick. I mean, Isaiah Foskey had a chance to get him, and he just like – it's like Fosky wasn't even there. What do you think, like, Lamar Jackson would do? Oh, my God, he'd be like – treat him like a pee wee player. Like, you don't have no chance. So, I don't know, Steve, he might have an outstanding performance, again, like he did tonight against the Texans. But uh, the Saints might almost have to be, okay, uh, you know, the final roster cuts, uh, who's on the team, you know, who's, not the, who, who's on that uh, 53-man roster. It's almost like, man, we can't expose him because uh, somebody's going to snatch him up because he's produ- productive and he produces as a player.
3: Yeah, someone that's been with this Saints organization before. Also, uh, what was it? The Seattle uh, Sea Dragons in the XFL uh, had some time there as well. But yeah, shout out to Nico Lala's gutting the Diamond in the Rough Performance Player of the Game, presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. We'll get back with more of the point after and, 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 on the Community Coffee Saints and, Radio and,
4: Network. And, and Steve, before we leave, you know who else? Um, who that? Who uh, another one? He was like, you know, you talk about XFL, USFL, and all, and they get a chance in the NFL and almost playing year round uh, football. Jack Heflin. Right. Another uh, big dude. Th- that's another one. Now, he's 6'3, like 305. He's a two year guy, uh, he's a Big Ten, Iowa Hawkeye. He's another one. Uh, he's disruptive. they take taking advantage of their opportunity, and, uh, but uh, he didn't have the numbers uh, like uh, that Layla's had. Uh, but Jack Hefflin, I also noticed him, and I've taken honorable notes mention. on him. Yeah, uh, he definitely honorable mention considering that uh, he is hungry. He had a, a tackle and he had a, a quarterback hurry that I would noticed, so he was disruptive. The bottom line:
3: We'll be back with more of the point after right after this. Welcome back into the point after. Rookie Kendra Miller had a pretty good game: fifty-eight total yards, uh, twenty-three rushing. Uh, 36 receiving also a touchdown our sideline reporter jeff nowak caught up with him and other reporters with him in the saints locker room after the game and here's what miller had to say
5: yeah yeah and uh you know they threw me in uh day one of training camp and was like you know we're gonna need you to step up and come in so uh you know those reps definitely are showing up now uh Just all the time I put in and getting in the playbook and catching up on everything.
2: Look, I know you didn't catch a ton of passes in college, but you look like a natural pass catcher when you're out there. Would you, I mean, it feels natural to you, I'm guessing, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It was just, you know, coming out of college, they look for, you know, anything that devalue you, and so uh, I didn't catch that many passes in college, so you know, that was an easy one, so uh, you know, I'm just getting to show what I've been doing my whole life, and you know, it's it's pretty fun and show it on the biggest showcase.
7: You gotta feel good about what you put on tape this week, agreed?
5: Yeah, yeah, most definitely.
1: How good did it feel just to get back out there after another? I know it was a minor knee injury, but I'm sure just mentally going through that again, wanting to get back out there and prove that you you, you deserve to be on this team and deserve to have reps this season.
5: Yeah, yeah, I kind of like tried to look over it, because you know, it was just a minor setback and uh you know I didn't try to get too hard on myself and be like you got to come do this I kind of just came relaxed, and was like you know we don't been through this before uh, it's not serious this time just work my way back in practice and that's what they did and just come out and do it on Sunday.
2: Was it challenging
1: for you mentally though getting back
5: on the field so quickly? Uh not really you know the first day I was just like you know dang but uh, I kind of just slept on it woke up and I was like you know gotta go grind.
7: Did you know it was minor right away, or was there ever, like, a moment of, like,
5: ah, oh, damn, here we go again? When it first happened, you know, I it, it was a little bit, but it was nothing like the first time it happened, so I knew it wasn't, you know, as bad. But 20 minutes later, I felt fine. Like, I was like, I can go back out there. And they was like, nah, like, you done for the game. But, you know, I, I knew it was minor. Have you
6: played with a knee brace before? Is that something
5: you kind of get used to? <laughs> I definitely got to get used to it. I've never played with a knee brace. But, uh, you know, after so long, you kind of forget it's on. But, uh it's cool, though. Yeah.
7: What's been, what's been the process of just learning the blitz pick up? And it seems like that's come, like, really, really fast. I know some of your coaches were saying, like, might be the, the longer curve, but it seems to be pretty pretty natural for you already.
5: Yeah, uh, really that comes with reps because uh, it it was a while that it took me to, like, when we first got to camp and starting out to just understand everything. But, you know, I'm starting to feel way more comfortable doing it now.
7: That's like three weeks, so that ain't really that long. Yeah, that's yeah.
5: Right? <laughs> They've been giving me uh, plenty of reps in practice, so I've been trying to, you know, get that fast track and just – pick up on everything.
7: Is that something you've been, like, studying a lot, or is it just going out there and wrapping it and picking
5: it up? Uh, so I'm, like, more of a, uh, like, a rep type of learner. So, like, going out there doing reps at practice every day, I just kind of starting to pick it up fast.
7: What's the biggest thing that you picked that up? The biggest thing to learn there is like a like is a reaction thing or is it a reading thing like a, when you're I, don't know, a I, job phrasing
5: this a I say for me it's like more of a reaction I kind of look at it as playing running back like we got to react off different things and you know if I see this dude pop off I know I gotta get my eyes across and just you know pick up the blitz so it's kind of a reaction thing
7: yeah so that's the the reps I guess would be important yeah
5: yeah, yeah.
7: Um, can you describe that that catch today? and just like, like what happened on the play was kind of just like an instinct
5: thing to kind of dive for it like that? Yeah, so I kind of I slowed up because I didn't know if Jameis was throwing it, and then the ball kind of got lost in the lights. But uh, once I seen the ball, like, appear and I was like, oh, man, this is coming to me, I was like, I got to I gotta stretch out and get this. And so I, I stretched out and grabbed it.
7: I'm sorry, can you kind of help us see it, like, through your eyes on the blitz pickup? Like, what are you looking at? What do you read? Like, kind of what is the process there?
5: Um, it's it's kind of just all on the reeds, like especially in our offense. You know, if one man pops off, we got to get our eyes across. It's kind of like a, a puzzle, and, you know, I'm just putting the pieces together and uh, making everything make sense. If something doesn't make sense, something's probably coming. So uh, just kind of rips.
3: That Saints rookie running back, Hendry Miller. And one of those questions, Bobby, definitely asking about that 27-yard reception he made uh, from Jameis Winston. Really a beautifully thrown ball by Jameis. Right. One of the better balls I've seen him toss.
4: Yeah, that, that was outstanding. And, um, you know, in this offense, you have great opportunities to be productive, both in the pass-receiving game and the running game. Uh, look, uh, I think we could take that type of production because it's uh, over four yards. Now, you'd want a little bit better uh, running the football, but you have to count all of it, uh, the touches, whether you uh, pass receiving running back or running the football, 59 total yards on 13 touches. So that, that's acceptable. What's not acceptable uh, for two games now in a row, no, we've been garbage running the ball. Now, again, uh, I think a lot last year, when if you want Alvin Kamara to run between the tackles and not always in space, how about we block for him? How about we get him going? Uh, where because Alvin Kamara runs hard, uh, but you have to give him a hole at least mm-hmm. to hit. And there's no reason, with Alvin Kamara's ability, I think even with Miller's ability, they should be averaging four and a half yards a carry. Well, you know we had in two preseason games. That's not good, and that's a big enough sample size. You might say, well, we're playing a lot more than just the uh, ones as far as the offensive line, but we've had 54 rushes. For 156 yards, uh, we're not even. Uh, I guess uh, I'm, we're not even averaging three yards a carry. Okay, so we averaged with 2.9. Now, if that was 3.9 yards a rush, I'd say okay, that's almost four. All right, that's good. Uh, but no, 2.9. Not, uh, not so that, acceptable. No, that's not good at all. That's like uh, no, that's not going to be Derek Carr's best friend. We only average in uh, 2.9 or even three yards a carry. That's not good. I don't care who's the running back. And again, uh, we have not had success. Again, a lot of different offensive lines, backups, and all that. But even from the get go, the beginning of the game. Uh, now, the only one, I, I got to look at my notes. I, I think Alan Kamara uh, in-, in the Chiefs game, he was about four and a half yards a carry. But all, all the other running backs, they're all, they have all been. Um, I don't know, two and a half, three yards a carry. So that's something that I'll be interested in to see if we can get better at as a team against the Texans come next Sunday night before we head into the Titans game that we actually running the ball better as a group and a whole running back room.
3: Yeah, you're right, Bobby. I'm looking at the stats right here. Camaro was 4.7 yards yeah, a carry. That, that's great. Uh, behind him, uh, you had Jamal Williams getting 3.1. Nope,
4: that's not good.
3: Uh, Ellis Merriweather that game, 2.9. That's not good. And then, uh, yeah, Kendry Miller only had four carries, five yards. So you can do the math there no, 1.3 a uh, carry. That's
4: not good. Then you look <laughs> today, uh, Miller averaged 2.3 yards a carry, had 10 attempts. That's not good. Uh, Darrell Williams, you know, LSU zone, uh, NFL veteran, uh, 2.1 yard average. Uh, Merriweather uh, had five uh, carries. Uh, so and he averaged like three yards a carry. Uh, no, it, Steve, it was not good. We had 61 yards rushing on 26 attempts. Now, if we had 26 rushing attempts and we had 120 yards, now that's different. That means you help in your passing game. But 26 rushing attempts and 61 yards, no, that that's not winning football. That will not make our offense where we're going to keep defenses off balance. And believe you me, for uh, uh, Derek, uh, for Derek Carr to have success. Uh, the running game has to help him because he'll be better. we utilize play action. and We'll move in the pocket, bootlegs, and all that stuff. And then you keep the defense on their heels. But if we just think we, Derek Carr is going to throw the ball 40 times, uh, that, that, that ain't going to work. That, that would be like uh, if you're a Cowgirl fan. And I'll tell you, that's the worst thing to happen. You don't want Dak Prescott throwing 40 times a game. That, that, that Dallas will not win. You might be a diehard uh, Dallas Cowgirl fan. They will not win if Dak Prescott's throwing 40 times. There's not too many quarterbacks that you win successful and not have too many mistakes throwing it 40-plus times, even though the rules have changed.
3: No, you would always say less of Drew is more.
4: Yes, like let Drew be more efficient at 32 pass attempts instead of 42. And then you pick and choose how you're attacking the defense and not like Come on, Drew. It doesn't matter what they're doing defensively. So what if we can't run? You just beat them with the pass. The NFL defenses are too good. You'll make too many mistakes.
3: The point after rolls on. We'll be back with more on the Community Coffee Saints <laughs> Radio Network right after this. that? wrapping up the point after here. Saints 22-17 a winners over the L.A. Chargers, improving to 2-0 in preseason play. We'll be back at it in one week, taking on the Houston Texans in the Caesars Superdome. That'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff. We got informed, too, that those joint practices that were supposed to happen this week with Houston not going to be going on anymore due to some injuries over on the Texans' side. Uh, so they decided that they won't be coming to New Orleans to join the Saints for those practices. They're going to stay in Houston and do some work there. The Saints will be reorganizing their remaining of their training camp sessions this week. Uh, we'll find out and we'll be bringing you the latest during sports talk throughout the Uh, Monday through Friday when we get the latest and greatest from the ball club. Uh, Bobby, I know you have something that you see on the Open Heart Jewelers talking text line that's got your attention. I have a
4: couple of texts. This first one, I'm just talking about how to help the quarterback out uh, to have success and how you keep a defense off balance. You know, the West Coast offense, um, you know, with uh, Coach Walsh and the 49ers and even Sean and all that, a lot of times, you know, like a simple uh, route – whether it be like in the flat or an option route or a swing route, or you could even see screens uh, to wide receivers and all. That's almost like a long handoff. Uh, but this texture says 76-62, fewer passes thrown, uh, the better. Run the ball efficiently, and the passing game uh, will follow. There's a, a wonderful diversion. Like he brought up Roger Craig, who was outstanding with Joe Montana. And you look when they had Joe Montana or Steve Young. How would they utilize quick-hitting passes as really like long handoffs? He said he was a great running back, but you couldn't relax because uh, the dude was, uh, I'm not going to say what he said, but is, was an awesome receiver. And that's like Alvin Kamara, pass-receiving running back. Now, this one is from um, Lady Fan. This is from 1593, and he said, I don't know if you've observed this, and is anyone else with me? Lady Fan? I'm kind of with you. Uh, we had a number of texts like this that uh, Coach Allen uh, needs to uh, put on an undershirt and cover up his chest. And uh, I don't – it's kind of –
3: Might be a little too cold in the press room.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, Lady Fan, there's uh, you're not the first one that takes that. And uh, now maybe it might be too hot to wear an undershirt, but uh, I don't know if, uh, people, if fans have been observant with that uh, with Dennis Allen. So
3: We're going to pause 10 seconds here now on the Saints Radio Network for – the stations to identify themselves as we get ready to get out of here definitely want to give our thanks to some of the behind the scenes team on our saints radio network executive producers diane newman and kevin cassidy Saints sales manager depaul smith assistant producer ian hoke associate producer scott colomb we got studio producers charlie long chris coleman and cullen Steele, plus station engineers danny miller and ernie kane on behalf of our Saints radio broadcast team, Mike Haas, Deuce McAllister, Jeff Nowak, and Robert Carroll, thank you for listening to Saints football. You can join us next week when the black and gold take on those Houston Texans. That's going to be a 7 o'clock kickoff in the Caesar Superdome. We went through it, Bobby, and uh, hopefully we come away with a win, but if it,
0: if, yeah, it doesn't I mean, mean I that much, though, if we go undefeated uh, in the well, preseason. I, I
4: just want us to, uh, to see the kick C.J. Strouds behind, uh, the kick his ass. I mean, you know, humble him. Because uh, hopefully we're hum- humbling um, um, Bryce uh, when we play in the Panthers. You know, young rookie quarterbacks. You, you gotta, they got to slow their roll. So it'll be interesting to see uh, C.J. Stroud uh, versus the Saints because we kind of intrigued, you know, coming out of Ohio State considering the expectations with him and the Texans. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if our defense gives them the business.
3: Also less penalties and more of a oh, proficient run call. game.
4: Yeah, uh, that's I'd say right now. Uh, going into the uh, the Tennessee Titan game, come September the 10th, can we be more efficient to end the preseason, running the football and less penalties? Uh, if we just do that, then uh, we we training in the right direction.
3: I'm Steve Geller. Talk to you next week on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon,
4: say good night to the Hoodats. All right, bon we les gens. Good night, people. that go Saints.
0: Okay, picture this.
3: We'll